And we are live. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Mikey Paisley, and you are listening to the Babel Bearer Podcast, Episode 4. In today's episode, we discuss the COVID-19 vaccine, my adventures in Ireland, as well as me being a fatherless fat kid who loved donuts. So, with that all being said, let's talk about it. First thing I want to talk about today is that there is now a COVID-19 vaccine. Um, They just started testing this out. I believe the article I read was from um, ABC News. And this is really exciting. I believe they've tested so far two patients out with it. um, They're recovering very fast. Um, I did not read if it was that they had COVID-19 and then they gave them this medication or if they didn't have it, they gave them the vaccine. And now they are incapable of getting it. I'm not sure which one it was. I'll have to read further into the article. But at least that shows that we are finally on the right track forward into getting this uh, resolved. Um, Absolutely huge news here. I'll actually pull up the article real fast. Hopefully it's not too bright for you guys watching this on YouTube. Which, yeah, by the way, finally we are on YouTube. What's up, guys? How are we doing? Um. Really, really excited for this. Really hoping this is going to work. Um, kind of nervous for it, honestly. This is the first time I'm using this camera, so hopefully it doesn't cut out at any point or anything like that. But, you know, if this podcast does have a very abrupt end, that's probably what happened to me. Uh, so moving on here, let's go back to what we were reading. Um, yeah, COVID-19 vaccine candidates show promising early results, but finish line is still far ahead. Um, let me skim here, see if I can find if they already had or not. Nineteen vaccine candidates provide uh, reassuring glimmers of hope that scientists are on track to develop an effective and safe vaccine on record speed. On Monday, three research groups separately released early positive results demonstrating that their respective COVID-19 experimental vaccines induced a uh, multi-pronged immune response that may be important for long-term protection against infection. So that to me sounds like they didn't have it and this vaccine will now prevent them from ever getting it. If I'm reading that correctly. And like I said, I'm getting this article off of ABC news. Um, my experience are relatively um, a good source to go to. It's always hard nowadays trusting, you know, what uh, websites you go on to for news and stuff like that. But Yes, and uh, in hindsight, I am really excited for that. I think that's a huge, huge turnover for us. You know, it has been since what March since everything started locking down. So it's really exciting that we finally have some positive good news pushing us forward into the right way. And honestly, I've talked to a lot of people who, you know, even before it really, really got big, you know, when we first had, um, there's been some reports that it may have been introduced into the United States in like January, I believe. And I've talked to lots of people who have got who got really sick um, before January, like in those months before, and uh, maybe in question they could have had it. I know I got terribly sick 
uh, on Thanksgiving Day, actually. It was Thanksgiving. I was doing horrible. But that's not too out of the norm for me because every year I always find myself getting the worst possible cold I can. And I'm always, <laughs> it's always terrible too. Like, and I've had a really bad reoccurring of getting these terrible, terrible colds every single year. I mean, um, when I was a kid, I got croup, which if you don't know what croup is, it's this, it's typically something that babies get or very uh, much older people, elderly people will get it. Um, where essentially a bunch of mucus enters your lungs. I got that when I was a kid. I believe I got ammonia four times when I was a kid, something crazy like that. Got ammonia four times. Um, in my first, I think it was my second year in college, I had gotten bronchitis. Uh, I've just had terrible, terrible luck when it comes to cold and stuff like that. So um, in my experience out of having those things this past year, I think I got bronchitis again. I could be wrong. Um, it is what it is. But when you work in the service industry, to all my service industry people out there, uh, you know, when you're sick, you still work as much as you can. Obviously being safe, but you try to work as much as you can. Definitely seems with this COVID-19, that's not the case. Obviously, we want to stay home, want to stay in lockdown. There's a much higher threat level with this than there have been with um, other things. And I know some people, they'll have the argument that like the, the common flu kills more people, which is true. But you have to understand, um, it, so no, it doesn't kill more people. It's more lethal, I believe. And I'm no expert, so please uh, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but I believe that it, the death rate so far, COVID-19, is still worse just because of how contagious it is. It's not as lethal as the flu. Um, the flu, if you know, if you get it, there's more higher percentage of people dying who actually have it. But COVID-19 is just so contagious. I remember when um, the lockdowns were first in question, I had um, a few conversations with people who were like, oh, you know, it's not even that bad. Like you don't even get, like you don't even get really that sick. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't really matter though because just how contagious it is. Saying like it doesn't matter because you don't get that sick, but you'll probably get it. It's like saying, hey, there's this dude out there who is going to break into your house, uh, but don't worry, he's not going to kill you. He's just going to break in your house and live there for a little bit. Yeah, still, I don't like it. I don't like knowing that there's something this contagious out there. And honestly, it freaks me out. And, you know, you can go into all the conspiracy theories that was made in the lab, this and that. And I don't know if it was, if it wasn't, all I'm really looking forward to is finally we have this vaccine that is coming forward that we can finally hopefully um, get back to our normal lives here in the next six months or so which would be absolutely um, amazing. Um, piggybacking off the topic of my reactions to my colds every year that I get really bad, um, a story I wanted to bring up was another bad reaction I've had to poison ivy in the past. Uh, funny enough, I got poison ivy when I was in Ireland. I want to say it was in 20, 2016, 2017, I went to Ireland for the second time uh, with a friend of mine, a close friend of mine named Sierra. And we went to Ireland and on one of our days, we decided to go hiking. And we went We went on this hiking trip. It was absolutely beautiful. If you've never been to Ireland, I highly recommend it. It is a, I can't even describe the color green it is. It is it's so beautiful. And uh, we found this absolutely amazing trail with mountains in the background that we want to go um, take a look at the mountains through this meadow. And uh, she has a niece and nephew that she wanted to collect rocks in Ireland for and bring the rocks back to them. So we passed by this little creek and I was like, hey, there's rocks in the creek and all over this creek. We could grab some of those. So I say, hey, I'll go grab the rocks for you real quick. So I go and I crawl down through the brush a little bit and I reach my hand and grab a rock. And as I'm grabbing a rock, I feel my right hand that's supporting me starts to uh, itch, starts to like start to burn. 
And I'm like, what the heck? And so then I lift it up and I put my left hand down to support me. Instead, and I look at my right hand, and I see it's just covered in welts. It's just hives are breaking all over my hand. And then I feel that same thing start happening on my left hand. So then I look down again and I realize I am trying to support myself in a poison ivy bush. And it's all over my hands now. Um, luckily for me, I do not get a severe reaction to poison ivy. I've gotten a few times in the past when I've gone camping and stuff like that. I'm one of those as, as long as I get my like whatever surface area was touched by poison ivy. If I get that in water right away, I'll typically typically be fine. So that's what I did. I went and reached my hands into the water, try to brush them off. But I thought that was just the funniest thing that, of course, on our first hike out in the woods of Ireland, I would go and get poison ivy over my hands and whatnot. So, so yeah, and it, like I got over it relatively quickly. We were able to still have fun and uh, get on with the rest of the trip. That trip was absolutely amazing, though, and had lots of funny encounters. So the first time I ever went to England, uh, I've talked about it in one of my past podcasts. It was for a school trip, and that was really fun. It was cool, but it was very scheduled. It was very organized, and it was basically hit all, all the tourist attractions. Well, the second time I went was much more like on, on our own. Okay, what do we want to go do? Who are we going to go see? What places are we going to go to? It wasn't very touristy at all. You know, it was more so like, hey, let's just walk around the streets, check out bars, check out pubs, restaurants and stuff like that. Well, um, when we got there, we originally were supposed to pick up a rental car and didn't realize that neither of us were old enough to get the rental cars there in Ireland when we showed up. So then, and our, we had booked a bunch of B&Bs all over the country. We're like, okay, how are we going to get to each place? So we decided, excuse me. Uh, so we decided that we were going to take coaches and taxis to all the places that we needed to get to, which is absolutely insane that we even made it that far. But the, I think once it was from the first night, we stayed in a really nice hotel and then we had to take like uh, it was good. It would be a three hour drive, but on coaches, cause they stopped a bunch take took, I want to say five or six hours to get to the B the place where we have our B and B and they dropped us off at like 10 o'clock at night in this town in the middle of nowhere in this small town in Ireland. Um, all we had all of our luggage, we had our phones, but obviously we don't have any. So unfortunately, my camera cut out after 10 minutes. I had gone on speaking for another 10, so 20 minutes and all. Um, so that's where that where jump cut came from. I'll try to carry on with the story from there. So uh, my friend and I, we go into this little pizzeria in the middle of this town looking for where our B&B could be. We ask the guy at the pizzeria if he knows where it's at, and he unfortunately says no. But then we hear from the back corner of the pizzeria this guy shout saying that he knows how he knows where it's at now the only way i could describe what this guy looks like is if the crocodile dundee ate two boxes of twinkies a day and did crystal meth at the same time he looked so sketchy i mean he's like he's like five four five five super big wearing a leather trench coat going down to the floor um, wearing like a crocodile Dundee hat, big, gray, bushy, unkept beard. And he's like, I'll, I'll, we'll take you guys. We can show you where, where you guys need to go. And he, his buddy offers to ride in his car and his buddy, he looks totally different. He's wearing like a nice three piece, three piece, uh, fitted suit. He has, um, has a well-kept, nice trim beard, nice trimmed hair. 
And I turned to my friend and just basically like, hey, do you trust this? Like we're about to get into a vehicle with complete strangers in a country we've never been to before. Our cell phones don't work and they obviously know we're tourists and we're not from here. We said, well, you know, we don't have any other choice, so let's just risk it for the biscuit, right? Uh, we go to their vehicle and come to find out the, uh, the friends, these guys have been buddies for years. Uh, and the nice dressed guy, he's like a millionaire. And apparently he lives in Austria and him and his buddy every year they go to each other's countries to have a few pints, share some memories and whatnot. And well, uh, the friend offers for us to ride in his vehicle and I'm not a car guy, so don't quote me on this. I don't know exactly what vehicle it was. I'm, I just know I'm assuming it was that year's Audi that this guy was driving. So by far the most luxurious, fancy car I've ever seen, let alone be able to get into and get a ride somewhere in. So they give us a ride to this B&B. The host of the B&B was pretty upset with us because we got there so late, but she understood our dilemma once we explained our traveling situation. And she offered to give us a ride to the uh, coach the next day, the coach station the next day, because it was like a five mile walk or something like that. So she understood that, you know, trying to walk all that with all of our luggage would be absolutely terrible. So she goes and offers to give us a ride in her van. Come to find out though, her van doesn't have any back seats because it's her van that she rides her goats around town in. So instead of having back seats, she just has piles of hay. So we had to sit on piles of hay from that B&B to get to our coach station. So I legitimately went from having a ride in the most luxurious, fancy car I've ever seen, let alone even been in, to then riding in the back of a van on a pile of hay, getting to my next location. It was absolutely, um, it was absolutely amazing. Uh, there's so many stories like that from Ireland. I've always loved Ireland too because... Uh, my last name is Irish, it's Paisley. And speaking of which, our last day then in Dublin, we had gotten a cab ride to our next B&B, and the cab ride, uh, the driver, he was a historian of the area. He'd actually, part-time, he would do tours telling people about the history of Ireland on top of being a taxi driver. So on our uh, drive, so on, on our drive, he goes and starts explaining all the history of the area. My friend, she tells um, him her last name. And he goes, oh yes, you know, your family did this and that and all these great, amazing things. So I figure, okay, I'm gonna ask him about my last name, Paisley. It's a, you know, it's an Irish, Scottish last name. I'll ask him about my last name. And I say, oh, what about Paisley? What about Paisley's? And I'm not lying, this actually happened. I asked him about Paisley and he stops the taxi, dead stop. And he turns, and I'm not going to say exactly what he said because I don't want to be flagged as a non-kid podcast quite yet. Uh, he stops the taxi, turns, and goes, what did you just say, mate? And I went, uh, Paisley? He goes, your last name's Paisley? I'm like, yes, it is. He goes, oh, don't be telling anyone your last name's Paisley. Why is that? He goes, oh, if you be going to the pubs telling me your last name's Paisley, they'll kill you. They'll all right kill you, man, I'm telling you. Okay, what, uh, what's, Why? So apparently there is this uh, historical figure named Ian Paisley. I want to say he like his his crimes were committed in like 1920, 1930. I could I could definitely be wrong by that. I just I think that's what it was. Um, and Ian Paisley, he was a Protestant leader and had like thousands of Catholics killed across Ireland. Thousands of Catholics killed, and so it's like it's. Like on a much much smaller scale, it's like having the last name Hitler there. It is. It's it's shunned. It's banned. 
and uh, the taxi driver was Catholic. So this is absolutely terrible. We actually, we stopped to ask directions to get to the B&B. And he, he tells the guy, he goes, hey, you will not believe what this guy in the backseat, what his last name is. He goes, what's that? He goes, oh, his last name is Paisley. He goes, oh, good on you, mate. And he goes, ah, and drives off. So clearly that guy was Protestant. And it was, it was just crazy. It was crazy to see that world because, you know, I've heard about it. I've heard about the Catholics versus Protestants across Ireland. I just didn't realize to that extent or the fact that, you know, my last name relates to that somehow. It got so bad. Even, like, when we got out to get into the B&B, the driver took out Lysol spray and sprayed down my seat. And he said, oh, I got to get the Paisley out of here, which is absolutely crazy. And, you know, it's almost funny because I got the last name Paisley from my dad, which is funny if you don't know. I grew up without a dad. I never had a dad. And so it's weird something like that which is which is carry on. Yeah, I was uh, I was raised by a single wonderful mother, never had a stepdad or anything like that. Uh, she just did both the roles and did an absolutely amazing job. Um sidetracking way far here. Um total right turn. So I actually have a funny story about that. I at uh, my school when I was in elementary school, they had these things called donuts with dad day which is exactly what it sounds like. You go with your dad and get a donut in the morning for breakfast. And every year my grandpa would go with me, but I think it was like third or fourth grade, he can go with me for whatever reason. But I was a super fat kid, super chubby kid, and I wanted my donut. So I go to the lunch lady and she says, oh honey, is your, is your dad here with you? And I went, no, he's not. And she's like, oh, well, unfortunately you can't have a donut then. And I was like, well, that just blows. And I go, I go to the playground, I send the steps, and I just start bawling, right? You know, because because I don't have a dad, and this is the first time I ever felt different for not having dad. But I was crying, most importantly, because I couldn't get my donut. When this uh, teacher came walking by, um, I call him Tim, and Tim actually stepped in and has probably been one of the best father figures I've had growing up. Um, him, my older brothers, my grandpa, and Tim walked past me and he said something that would always stand out for me for the rest of my life. And he goes, uh, come on, Mikey, I'm going to be your dad today. And that was phenomenal because that was, that was the first time anyone ever said they'd be my dad. And it was, it was great. And he, he was the uh, after school program um, leader for the school. Uh, my mom had to work late a lot, so I usually had to stay, um, stay late at school. And that's how him and I knew each other. And then, um, Growing up, I, you know, I, he babysat me for a while. We just ended up becoming um, friends in my older life. And, uh, yeah, it was, absolutely, it was absolutely phenomenal. And I got my donut, which is the most important part of that story. And on that note, guys, I hope we have no more interruptions with the uh, video I'm trying to get here uh, so I can be done and finally go to bed. This is actually my second podcast I've had to make today um, just because filming-wise, I have too many windows in my uh, in my little studio area so i can't to get the lighting right i can't film during the day i have to film at night um all that being said guys with this now being posted on youtube please like it please share it please subscribe um any social media platform you see it on please share it on facebook share it on your twitter and please give me comments let me know about stuff you want to talk about also message me directly if you want to be on the podcast if you want to talk about any of these topics i've talked about any topic that you want to talk about and you just want my opinions on it um vice versa i have plenty of things to uh, occupy conversation with so thanks guys again hope to see you soon i appreciate all your love and all your support bye